we're live. Yeah, buddy. We're ready to go here on the Mountain Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Sam, we're in a nice room. I like this room. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about it. I think you're still trying to like meditate on it, but I've been in here for... Yeah, meditate. Let's just meditate on mm. it for the first 20 minutes of the pod. Don't mind us, guys. Silent. <laughs> I broke the silence. <laughs> I couldn't take it. Imagine you're in the wilderness. This is good. And the streams are trickling down. <laughs> <laughs> You're hearing the birds chirp in the air. It's like EMDR, I think. <laughs> is it? Or ASMR. ASMR, that too. EMDR is like some I serious know. channeling there. I know. That day one. <laughs> but we're here. We're here at the Mountain Podcast. We are super stoked to uh, have you guys. Oh, I got to turn up some some volume, some buttons here, man. I tell you what. Gruden in the house. Bro, are you. Hang on. I might have to start over here. Oh, no. There you are. Good Lord, I couldn't hear you. We'll edit that out. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> you just got to talk real close into that mic, guy. I'm like on it, bud. There we go. Is it? Is that good? That's much better, yes. Is that better? Yeah, it's much better, Okay, yeah. bub. Cool. I'm on it. Yeah. Is that good, Don? I tell you what, it looks great. <laughs> You're looking real good, guy. Uh, we've been talking about church culture um, at the mountain last week to talk about sort of ideology, theology. We talked about, uh, the structures of churches, how they came about, why they're, they've remained the same and like, how do we go veer off the track and, you know, what can we do to change the culture and all these things are very interesting conversation. But Sam and I, uh, took the last week to really talk about what we're going to talk about today. And mm-hmm. by say we took the last week, we took the last, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to talk about what we want to <laughs> talk about today because, we got some serious chemistry and we know what we're doing, but we're talking about, we're continuing our theme of church cultures because Sam, you're preaching on church culture right now, right? Yeah. How, how's that been for you? Really awful. Yeah. Just terrible. What if it was though? <laughs> I wasn't lying. Everyone yeah. thought I was just joking. Yeah. I was just being honest. Yeah. It's actually been awful. It's terrible. People have not received it well. They've left. They, yeah. Well, I've had people leave. Yeah. Our culture's gone. Yeah. Counterculture. <laughs> Counter church culture. No, but you've been talking about church culture. A lot of people have really, really enjoyed what you've been saying. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure that you listen to the sermons. Um, we want you guys to hear those things. It's uh, it's really, really good stuff. But today we were talking before uh, we started recording about what we wanted to talk about today. And we wanted to talk about the reasons why people go to church. And go to a specific one. Yeah. Like, why are you at the church you're at? Yeah. I think that purpose is really enlightening and really interesting to find. Yeah. And I think you'll find that a lot of different people have different purposes, but there are some categories and there are some generational things you'll see in there, some style things you'll see in there and just personal lifestyle things. Uh, I know why I'm at the church I'm at. I, I'm, uh, I feel, I feel driven to love Jesus and love people. Um, but I'm curious, there's, a lot of reasons I've seen people at a church and a couple of them have been, um, they're there, they're there because of the, the senior pastor. Right. And they're there to either serve or love. They love, they're drawn to the senior pastor. Do you feel like this is a good idea that, I mean, it's, it's understandable, it's rational. It makes sense. Right. You walk into a room and whoever's in charge, if they're somebody that you like, 
then sure, you know, you'll stay. So, but is that a good reason to be a part of a church? I, I, you know, I don't know. I think that um, there's so many things that factor in, even just going to church in general is a thing. But, uh, you, you know, we'll probably talk about this further on into this episode but about generations and it's passed down and all this stuff. My family's been going to this church forever. But mm-hmm. um, is it good to go to a church? Your question is, is it good to go to a church based off what someone is preaching? Or the leader. Or the leader is preaching and saying. Because if you think about it, while you're thinking about your answer, if you think about it, <coughs> our desire for a five-fold ministry and to see the diversity of leadership at play can be at risk when there's a large contingency of a congregation that is there because of and solely because of the senior pastor. Right. You know, the question is, is it good that you choose to go there because mm-hmm. of senior pastor? Hmm. I would say as long as oh, I don't even I wouldn't even say that. Good lord, that's such a crazy question to think about. Mm-hmm. Hey, why don't you give me a little more time here, huh, guy? <laughs> Good lord. Um Wow. I definitely think it's important to like the guy that's talking from the stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're like, I don't like them. Well, then why are you going? Um, they got good coffee. Like, I don't know. Like, But on that point, though, why are you going if you don't like him? I've known some people, and actually several people, that are at a church, not because they're drawn to the leader, but they feel a mission. Yeah. Maybe it's a church that doesn't really like the Holy Spirit to move. Sure. Like, it's not a gifts church. And they feel a purpose to be there right. to introduce it, almost like a catalytic agent or an innovation agent uh, injecting life, vision, or energy, not as the leader, but as a part of the unit. Yeah. So you have some that attend because they like where it's at. You've got some that attend because they have their own idea of where it could be. I've seen a lot of people come to churches and been like, I really like what the pastor said and his message and who he is or she is. And I'm going to, I think I'm going to continue to go there. I think a lot of it has to do with people don't, people want to feel like they're shepherded well. Yeah. And that they could connect with somebody that's listening to that's like like tangible and they're like, you know, good, real people who keep it real and vibe for connection. Um, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad at all. If like, if as long as they're, you know, preaching the gospel in a healthy way and they're giving you healthy things. And I mean, are we talking contingencies here or just in general or. Cause for me, like, like I'll just use you in as, as an example. I've had a lot of people come to me as the welcome and culture guy at the mountain church, tell me that they can't wait to come back to hear what you have to say next week. I feel like we should add a W to that somehow. Welcome and culture. Welcome culture, water balloons. So it's WCW. (laughs) I like where this is headed. You like where this is headed. You're a wrestling guy though. So you love this. I am. Yeah. Um, And you could do a heel turn after about nine months of being the, yeah, the guy. 
<laughs> All of you are scum. <laughs> Boo. Like, what? We didn't see this coming. Boo. What? I hit you with a chair in the middle of your sermon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've heard. I, I've had a lot of. I, I, I've had a lot of people come in and you know tell me their feedback has been like we really loved what he had to say. We're going to come next week to hear what what else he has to say. Yeah, because we value that. Yeah, people value uh, uh, someone who uh, is is wise, um, who communicates clearly, who who really reflects the gospel in a way that's represented well. Uh, so no, I don't think that's a bad. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Yeah, I do think it presents a possible problem. I mean, I've had I've had some conversations with people where you go, all right, so. A lot of people are there. So right. It's a large church, small church, medium-sized church. They're there because of the pastor. I mean, and so when you have an associate pastor preach or the pastor goes on vacation for two weeks and attendance plummets. plummets. Well, then that becomes important, I think, on the church to make to make sure that there's a healthy cycle of people that you trust and value and that your community trusts and values and that they're up there because we've seen this, you know, we've seen this before. I've seen it in churches before where they have the same guy talking over and over. And like you said, one person gets up and then they're all not, they're all not there. I mean, I've seen it in my own family. Yeah. We're not going today because so-and-so is not preaching. Oh, well, shouldn't, shouldn't you, shouldn't you just go? Cause you want Jesus. Yeah. Have you, have you ever found yourself in that spot though, where you heard someone was preaching and you're like, yeah. maybe I sleep in. Yeah. Oh, totally. Maybe yeah. I catch the Sunday 10 a.m. football shift. And the one. And the five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I definitely have before. That's, that's, that's definitely happened with me before, but that was, you know, I wasn't a mature Christian then. <laughs> <laughs> Last week. <laughs> What? what? Oh, man, I'm with you, bro. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Come on, man. Hey, man. Hey, guy. My guy. Hey, I'm My there. guy. I'm there with you. Hey, guy. I'm in the trenches. Are you serious? Come on. Are you, dude, are you serious, bro? Are you serious? I'm Kyle, dude. Oh, bro. <laughs> Kyle, man. It's good to have you here. Oh, dude, whatever, bro. <laughs> Why do you go to church on Sundays, Kyle? Uh, I'm not at liberty to say, mostly because my mammy makes me go. <laughs> mammy. But whatever, dude. And she's my ride. Yeah, every once in a while, you'll do impersonations. You'll create characters. Yeah. Not off of anybody we know. No. This is per based, se. This is, yeah. This is based off of things and people I've seen. Loosely based off of real life characters or a, a, a mixture. A collection of people. A collection. Yeah. Yeah. A, a subgenre of people. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle is the the man, dude. Whatever, dude. Like I don't even care, bro. Like, dude, whatever, man. Like, are you serious, dude? Serious, dude. I'll come after you, bro, man. Like, he's a bro. Kyle's a bro. Kyle's great. Kyle is great. We love Kyle. We love Kyle. (laughs) It's amazing, and I think that there's something though interesting about when you come for a leader, and you stay because you're you're drawn to the charisma, message, narrative, treatment of the leader should that be the end all? So it's like 70% of the church is, is anchored and tethered by the leader. Are you, are you fulfilling the purpose of church? Mm. And, and when I look at the Bible, I see the fellowship of the brethren. I see these elements of ingredients of community and family that are drawn together. It, It almost feels like, okay, if you come to the family 
and you join this family because the father was really cool. Right. And you're really drawn to him, the way he talked, the way he spoke, the way he engaged. It's just, you know, there's something about him. Right. I trust him. I like him. Yeah. You know? And then it's almost as if it, it just stayed there. And and you never learn to love your brother and sister in the family. You're like, you know, when they talk, I'm just kind of like, all right, when's dad going to start talking again? Or mom. You know, mom's there and like, all right, mom's all right. She's whatever. But I'm kind of checked out when mom's engaging and when mom's leading something or doing something. It, it just, it almost seems to me like there's, there's nothing wrong with it, but there's something wrong with if it stays there. When did this become a thing, though? In the church, because I think about Jesus and with his disciples, like, he's like, no, like, you're going to perform miracles just like I did. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, the crowd followed Jesus, but they also followed the disciples as well. Yeah. So when did we get into, like, one guy is totally driving the narrative? Well, I think you even see in the Bible, though, you see the the Old Testament culture and you see a leader. Right. Uh, Moses... Abraham, you know, you go down through the list of the and the different kings and prophets at different times, Samuel, Saul, David, Solomon. You see figures and points that represent a culture, represent something. So there's a hierarchy. Well, I don't even know if you're necessarily talking about the government of it. I think you're just talking about who's really determining the culture and who's setting the tone for how this is going to look. And there was a time in history and in modern times now where there is still the, the dynamics of community that the culture is determined by a singular person. And I'm, I'm going to say it again so it's real clear. I think this is common. I don't think it's necessarily like, ooh, bad, bad dog, you peed on the carpet. But I, I think it's something that, okay, there's this reality now, what does the fullness of our design look like in, in Christian culture? Like, what should this church culture look like? Should it be culture that's determined by a singular personality? Or should it be a culture that's determined by the multiplicity of hmm. and the, the buy-in to one another? Like, if you came for father or you came for mother, buy into father, buy into mother, buy into brother and sister, buy into the son and daughter, buy into the other relationships and community so that maybe it was Coca-Cola that got you in the door, but you stayed because of Pepsi, hmm. you know, or you stayed because of Pepsi and Fanta and Canada Dry. I'm sure these are all owned by Pepsi and Coke, by the way. Right. So this is a terrible analogy, I'm sure. I like it. Being a soda guy or not a soda guy, I probably should have gone with sports or something. But it's, it's as if you're like, man, I really love the coach, but I hate all of my teammates. And when they're talking or trying to lead or do something, I'm like, nah. I'm good. I'll wait till the coach is up again. Mm. And I think that there's just something lacking about that kind of church culture that doesn't buy into one another, but is simply there for a personality. So what do we do different? Well, one, I don't actually don't put this on the personality. I don't put this on the personality that was That's a fair. Yeah. Right. Like they're just doing their best. I think. And right. I think if we all assume everyone's doing their best, then we go, Cool. We're here now. How do we grow? And I think one of the biggest things is that we grow by choosing to see everybody in the vein that, in the favorable vein, you've chosen to see the leader. Because mm. the leader's not, or the personality's not absent of or devoid of 
deficiencies. Sure. We just see him or her through the lens of favorable. Mm. Yeah. I think this is important. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it's possible, though, for us to have a church culture like that? If it is, it's going to take some time. Because of what? Because of... That's still a thing, and I don't see it going away anytime soon. I don't see that being like a thing, like where people are like, "I'm gonna go so that we're all connected and and all all in together." Doesn't matter who's up there preaching, and you know, we're we're a community that like I don't know. Maybe it's being done now. I could totally be wrong. Yeah, I could totally be wrong. It's interesting because I, I, there's these concepts in leadership that any any entity that has many heads is a monster. So there's this buy-in to the idea that a really healthy entity has one leader. And I, I don't disagree with the leadership vacuum on it, but I don't think that a healthy church has one influencer. That's that's a great that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. As long as roles are defined too, like. Your role here is is this. Their role as a senior leader is to do this. This is their role. Okay. So then it becomes like, how do you serve the senior leader who serves everybody? Or how does everybody serve one another? One another. Yeah. Because that those are the two sides that I see. Yeah. There's either... We all work together to make sure that we're serving our senior leader well so that he can do that, so he can be prepared. Yeah. Or the other way around. It's like, no, what are we all doing together? Yeah. To effectively shape and cultivate and love our community. Yeah. It's interesting because I've talked to a lot of communities that have a tremendous amount of honor and celebration for the senior leader. Yeah. And I found it interesting to have conversations of what that looks like, celebrating a leader and doing different anniversary events for them and how you do it and, and why. It's a really interesting conversation. I mean, we come from a church culture where I'm not sure that we have had a community practice of um, like celebrating our leaders. Um, I know that I'm probably uncomfortable with the idea of I was, in, in community. I was literally just about to say that. You get so like, nah, no, no, I don't want, I don't want this. I don't want to celebrate my birthday. I don't want to celebrate. I just want to have some donuts. Anniversaries I do want that. with what I've done. I, I don't want to donuts. celebrate. Yeah. We can get you some donuts, pal. But you, you are personally standoffish when it comes to stuff like that. You don't like that stuff in community. Why is that Sam? Let's get into this. Well, I think it all, st- it all goes back to when I dropped out of school. Uh-huh. Having fun, I was living the life. No, uh, <laughs> Justin Timberlake song, you know the song, mm-hmm. right? Um, no, I, I think that, yeah, because we had uh, Jess and I's one year at the mountain. Yeah. About six, seven months ago, right? Yep. And even then I was like, well, let's make it about um, all of our one year. Yeah. Like we've been in this together for one year. Let's celebrate one year together. Yeah. So it was like very family connected and relationship driven. And... Um, I, you know, I think that the the idea for me that would be I'd have an allergy to would be. <laughs> it's easy to make this about a about me. 
It really is. And I actually think in some ways it's a, it's a better recipe to building. That's so interesting to me. So then why don't you see it as like people saying thank you for what you're doing with us? Well, can't they call me or text me or write me a letter? That, but to some people that might not be enough though because of what you've done for them. So telling everybody else is the... Well, like doing it in a public forum, I, I get the value in that. I really do get the value in that. Maybe it's because I'm a performer and love my um, uh, validation to come in large forms. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is where you and I are different in that, that aspect. But like people love to be like they love to celebrate others, especially people who have made a difference. And they like to do it in big forms. Like, yeah, man, we, we all got together and did something for you yeah. as a community. That's beautiful. And I think that there's something systemic, though, that we've got to figure out. And it's, and it's it, how do we celebrate people well in, in community? Yeah. Me included or the leadership included, the volunteers included, the, the just attendees included. Yeah. I, all the parts of a church culture. What, how do you really celebrate people well? Is it by allowing them to come up and tell their story and you celebrate their story? Is it by uh, commemorating their their work in community, talking about them, saying how amazing they are, focusing on the champions of a community? How do you celebrate people really well? Is it based on what they've done or on who they are? Well, I think it, it plays in part with when you're having relationship with them. So if I'm, you know, I'm the welcoming culture guy, I talk to people, I go out to coffee with people, like <clears throat> I want to talk to them and see and kind of gauge and know where they're at. Like, you know, once you've done relationship and you've done the connecting and stuff, you begin to know how they love to be celebrated. So it may be in a big way, or it may be a real small way, like a gift card, or it may be just a, you know, a smaller gathering of people getting together. I think that's what it comes or becomes important for people to, value connection with one another that way when something like this does come up when we're celebrating community and celebrating maybe an individual we we understand and know the individual and we 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 sort of tailor our celebration based off the connection that we've had with that person yeah my my favorite way to be celebrated is for people to paint portraits of me hmm? yeah really yeah wow i'd love that can you, can you? Yeah, I can. I've actually done it before. You just draw of a stick, me? just a stick figure a st <laughs> with a beard. <laughs> with a beard. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think if you even circle back though to the idea of like, why am I in this building? Right. I think that why to every person listening, sitting in a congregation, really does anchor them to an, a greater purpose than perhaps what got them there in the first place. Because I'm not, I'm not bothered by what gets people in a room. You might have gone for the worship. You might have gone for something you experienced from God in the moment. You might have gone for a guy or a gal. You might have gone because you wouldn't, you, you might have gone because you thought there was an attractive lady or guy there that you wanted to date. I don't know what got you in the door and got you going to church. I really don't. But I, I do know this, that if we all ask ourselves, as we are in the community of whatever community we're in, like, why am I here? Like, really, why am I here? And then finding a deep meaning 
a, a really deep purpose. But do we ask that question enough in church? Why am I here? Why are you here? I do. But that's because I'm really deep. <laughs> Please edit that out. Please get that out. Of I'm tempted to keep it in so people see the real you. <laughs> oh, no. So why don't people ask or why isn't that a common thing of like, hey, why am I here? Or why isn't it a thing that's practiced in church culture is ask yourself why you're here? You know, sometimes if a guy that's a car salesman asks a guy that's about to buy a car, why are you even here? Like sometimes not really? assuming the sale is a bad idea. Giving somebody the option to ask that question or to be empowered. I see. To say, you know what? You're right. <laughs> There's not Why am I here? <laughs> and then they leave. Sometimes that can be a really nerve wracking thing to say, hey, own your decision. Own it so deeply that you have the power to say, you know what? Actually, there's no reason. And then leaving. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a valid question, though. Well, I mean, I'm asking myself constantly, why am I in ministry? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Why are you friends with Samuel? Why? That's a that's a honest question. Why am I friends with you? <laughs> On paper, we should not be friends. What? No. Are you kidding me? No. On paper, we shouldn't be friends. You go ahead and do the tail of the tape right now. Okay, here we go. Okay. Super athletic. Check on both. You, you know a, that's not true. You were a junior Olympian swimmer. You could put your but foot Samuel, to your ear. But Samuel, you can talk on your foot phone. But Samuel, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't make me super athletic. It makes you athletic-ish. Different. That's totally different. Okay. Um, ha one has more hair than the other. Well, maybe. Yeah. That's. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Um, uh, competitive, not competitive. You're hyper competitive and it bothers me. I just honestly no. want to just spend time with you, Don. I've been actually meaning to have a conversation with you uh -huh. about how hurtful it is. Uh -huh. I'm just happy to be here with you. That's great. And you just want to win. You know what I mean? That's Donovan, it's not always about winning. Samuel, this is... Donovan, Sam sometimes it's about... Being there with me. Sam, you're reversing this. Present in my time of connection. Sam, you're reversing this. This is not how you talk. I've never seen or heard you say any of these things. What? Within the last couple of days. So then there's that. <laughs> there's that. You know this, though. On paper, we actually shouldn't be friends. But I think time has done its thing, right? Uh-huh. We're good friends. Mm-hmm. We're close friends. In fact, you're one of my closest friends. Other than my wife, you're the, the, you're the next closest friend I have. Well, yeah. Of course. We went off on a tangent there. No, no, we didn't go off on a tangent. Like, why are you here with me? You know what I mean? I think that's the question you ask anybody. Is And I've seen it like this. Like, when Jesus, when Jesus was about to go to the cross and die for all of our sins and be a really outstanding guy like that, he, he says this prayer to the Lord where he says, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, I, I took care of the people that you sent my way. And Jesus, I think, saw his world as the people that he encountered and that encountered him, that he needed to be intentional and purposeful to really love, care for, and, and be present for those people because they entered his life 
And there was a responsibility he felt from his heavenly father to engage them in a certain way, to love them, to be faithful to them, to champion them, to speak the truth in love, to teach, to connect, to bond, to walk and journey together. And I think I see it the same way. Like, why did we go to kindergarten together? Why did we grow up in the same church? Why were you drawn to my incredible sense of humor and my outstanding acting ability? Like, you know what I mean? Why were you drawn to my commitment to being a good friend and not just a competitor? You know, all things that I was drawn yeah. to in you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, but why were these things a reality? Well, I, you know, I, I believe that people come into our orbit, not permanently, but they come into our orbit. And while they're in our orbit, it's important that we are really engaging in a transformative love journey with God in them so that I grow and I adjust and I find compassion and empathy with the people in my life. And they challenge that profoundly. And at times you've challenged that in me and I'm sure I've challenged that in you. And there's other times where I think we're in a church and people around us or the leaders, there's, there's new personalities and new flavors that come around. And it's not always the flavor that got you there, but I can guarantee you if you're committed to the journey, it will be a journey that grows you Hmm. while you learn to love and embrace all the different kinds of quirky personalities in the family. And the mountains done a good job at that. They've seen leadership changes and there's a, there's a group of our folks at the mountain that have, that have stayed beautiful core. A bunch of them. Yeah, of them. yeah. Almost all of them. We're which just is... going to call out the ones at dinner right now. Yeah, you let's go list? ahead. You got the list? I got it right here. Cool. Sam, I emailed you this morning the list. and this I'm getting our... it out now. <laughs> no, but there's been this amazing culture of people that have stayed, and yeah. it's not been because of the person who was in charge, but no. it's because they have rallied together as a people who really love this community and love one another. Yeah. They say that I'm lucky I got them, and I agree. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, they're beautiful. I love them very much. And I love everybody else that's come and all those kinds of things. But here's what's really interesting to me is there's this dynamic that there's things we love about one another, but that all the while God is deepening our love beyond what we've just learned to love now. Sure. And saying, okay, now can you love those people and those personalities and those leaders that are unlike your natural default draw? The things that you're not magnetized to, that you're not driven towards. Can you love the repelling personality types and leaders that have come into your orbit? Can you do those things well? And I think ultimately, if, if 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 you don't learn to do those things, I think you're missing a really big part of what, of why God's got you in a church. Right. It's to deepen in your love capacity. Yeah. Well said. Man, I really thought so. Yeah, well said. Well, we're we're pretty much out of time here. Um, <clears throat> I want to keep talking about this topic, though, of why do people come to church? Yeah. Um, there'll probably be a part two of this. Next week, we're trying to get a guest to come in and talk with us about church culture. So that'll be out in a couple no, no, of weeks. We don't try, Don. Yoda said clearly, do, do or do not. Or do not. There is no try. That's it. <laughs> well, that's it for us this week. Um, if you want to know more about the mountain podcast, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, visit us at themountainchurch.com. We have all of our information about our church, our podcasts, uh, our home groups. If you're in, in Vegas, if you're not in Vegas, we have amazing home group videos that are available on YouTube. You can start a home group anywhere in the world. You can start a home group 
anywhere. We have four studies that are on there that are amazing that you can get plugged into and set your own home group uh, wherever you're at. Um, but yeah, rate us, subscribe, review. We certainly do love and value you guys um, here on the Mountain Podcast. Uh, until next time, my name is Donovan. Yeah, man, and I'm Samuel. Turn up, tune in on the Mountain Podcast. See you guys next time.